0: It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Triage of internally reported allegations. One of the things that I learned from the television series MASH was the need for triage. In the hospital setting, triage is the process of determining the priority of patients' treatments based on the severity of their condition. In the 2012 FCPA guidance, there's a short but succinct statement, quote, once an allegation is made, companies should have in place efficient, reliable, and properly funded process for investigation, the allegation, and documenting the company's response, including interdisciplinary or remedial measures. This is considered more expansively evolving in the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. Under part one, section D confidential reporting structure and investigation process, it stated in part, properly scoped investigations by qualified personnel. How does the company determine which complaints or red flags merit further investigation? Given the number of ways that information about violations or potential violations can be communicated to the government regulators, having a robust triage system is an important way to separate the wheat from the chaff and bring the right number of resources to bear on a compliance problem. One important area is making an internal rather initial determination of whether to bring in outside counsel to head up an investigation and the resources you may or want or need to commit to a problem. You literally have to kick the tires of any allegation or information so that you know the circumstances in front of you before you make decisions. You can achieve this through a robust triage process. Compliance practitioner Jonathan Marks has suggested a five-step triage process which allows for not only an early assessment of any allegation but also a manner to think through your investigative Approach. Marks cautions that you must have an inve- experienced investigator or other seasoned professional making these determinations, if not a more well-rounded group or committee. Next, what will be the types of evidence that you will need to consider going forward? Finally, before selecting a triage solution, you should understand what tools are available, including forensic and human, to complete the investigation. Mark's five-step triage process includes the following, stage one. This consists of allegations that have a low threat level and do not suggest a breakdown of internal controls. Tips that are grouped into this stage do not have a financial or reputational impact. Stage two, these allegations are more serious in nature and often indicate some deficiency in the design of internal controls. Examples include the business violation rules such as recurring employee theft or patterns of falsifying expense reports. Stage three, these allegations are serious in nature and generally involve an override of internal controls and thus at a minimum a serious deficiency, but they also have only a minimal impact on financial statements or a company's reputation. More serious allegations in this category include fraud, embezzlement, bribery involving employees or mid-level management. These serious allegations that could have an impact on the completeness and accuracy of the audited financial statements that could indicate a material weakness in internal controls. They do not, however, appear to involve any member of senior management. Stage 5. These are serious allegations that involve one or more of the senior management team or are serious enough to damage the company's reputation. The receipt of allegations in this stage usually place the company into a crisis management mode and could result in the restatement of audited financial statements or added regulatory scrutiny. By using such an approach, you will be able to respond more quickly and efficiently to any allegations that arise. Of course, as more information is developed during the course of an investigation, for that matter, can be moved up or down the scale. Such an approach is also important for a company's outside investigative counsel to partner more with the entity to help cold down costs. Outside counsel can work to build confidence that the company's investigators can handle a large or wide-ranging investigation. This confidence would help outside counsel in any discussions they might have with the DOJ during the pendency of an investigation and enforcement action. Such an approach also has the effect of keeping your investigative costs below the ridiculous level. This is because beyond the tactical need to initially scope an allegation, it allows you to move to the next step to developing a reasonable investigative plan. This can be particularly important if you have to self-disclose to the Department of Justice. You will need to present your investigative plan to the DOJ, so an early discussion with the government on the scope of the investigation is critical. You should engage the DOJ to show not only the scope of your investigation, but that it can be limited so that you do not face the dreaded where else question. You should develop a logical plan with a nexus to the facts, but it is critical that the investigation plan have credibility with the government. That will Not, not only will your investigation be robust, but the facts that you have determined in your initial triage are a reasonable interpretation. Appropriate triage of allegations has several different impacts for any matter which comes to the attention of compliance. Obviously, it will help you to initially determine the seriousness of the matter. From there, you can allocate an appropriate level of resources. It can also aid your discussions with the DOJ if you have to go that route. Finally, in the situation when the facts come in, it provides the required documented evidence that a process was followed, that you can show the government that a claim was properly scoped as required under the guidance. But the key is to be prepared, not only in terms of having your investigation and notification protocols in place before an allegation comes in, but also so that the proper preage so that, <clears throat> has been engaged, so that you have an initial understanding of what you may be facing. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, uh, I always love it when the movies inform your compliance program, because pop culture is certainly something that people remember, and I should also add television, and probably in this case, more television than the movies, because it's MASH. So compliance can learn from MASH, because what does triage do? It is a process of determining the priority of issues based upon the severity of the condition. Number two, initial triage allows you to separate the wheat from the chaff of serious allegations of more inconsequential allegations. This is going to be critical for staffing, resources, and other issues relating to your investigation going forward. And finally, number three a robust triage process allows for greater credibility with the regulators if you have a process and you've robustly followed that process and the process itself is robust i think it gives you greater credibility with the regulators so it's a business efficiency and legal reason to do so this is tom fox i hope you will enjoy this month's offering on hotlines and investigations 31 days to a more effective compliance program If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.